Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea and I'm here today again with Heather and we are in Ezra. We jump around a little bit. Um, We start off in Ezra 4. And it goes into Ezra 7. Again, since it's chronological, that's why it's happening that way. Um, but yeah, what's the got you, Heather, in today's reading? Well, that <laughs> I think I found some new baby names for Chelsea's <laughs> next <laughs> daughter. I'm thinking it's going to be Buki. Um, no. <laughs> it sounds like a celebrity name. Like a, a name that a celebrity would name their child. Like a Snooki. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, it does not matter. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, but something that stood out was just how um, uh, God's hand was in all this continually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really loved when um, Ezra had to, he was like, oh, shoot, I told the king that God was going to protect us. Um, <laughs> and so I did, actually didn't ask for any... Um, soldiers or anybody to come with us to protect us. Um, and so it really made him own up to um, what he was saying about God, but also his faith, right? Mm-hmm. So he said, like, yeah, I believe God's going to protect us. We're fine. But then he was like, okay, I actually need to pray for protection. Yeah. I need to believe in this. I need to walk this out. Yeah. I can't just speak it. And God honors it. Like, mm-hmm. he honors the fasting and the praying that the people do. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think that's a good good insight too that he's like he told this pagan king something like god's gonna protect us and he's like i have to actually make sure (laughs) like i'm asking god to protect us (laughs) and he did like they had this safe journey even though they're carrying all of this gold and silver and all this stuff scary yeah like yeah they're carrying a lot of valuable things and word gets around it's not like people probably didn't know that there was (laughs) someone was tweeting about it yeah definitely (laughs) they're like yo there's this opportunity for a heist going on right Um, I think the thing that confused me when we were reading is it starts off with a letter from the people, the like, uh, looks like maybe they're Persians or Babylonians, I don't know, but um, people who were enemies of the Jews in Jerusalem or in Judah um, sent a letter to King Artaxerxes saying, hey, this is happening, and Artaxerxes puts a stop to the building of Jerusalem. However, around the same time, King Artaxerxes gives permission to Ezra to rebuild the temple, which is going to be, I think, right outside Jerusalem or in Jerusalem. I forget which one. Um, but it's just, it's interesting to me. It's like, it's kind of like a whiplash thing where you're like, you can't do this, but if you can do this. So just like paying attention to the actual words that are being said that Jerusalem um, is not allowed to be rebuilt at this point, but the temple of God can be rebuilt. And um, we were talking about this, that these kings, these Persian kings, these Babylonian kings, they keep having favor on people that are people of God. So like mm-hmm. Daniel, Esther, Ezra, um, Mordecai, all these people that are Jews living in pagan nations, these kings like kind of find them, seek them out and protect them. So we see another instance of this with Ezra, that King Artaxerxes has some favor on Ezra and is giving him permission to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and giving him all the supplies he needs to do that. So, and I, I like thinking about this now because it was mentioned in um, yesterday's reading too. Was just that pe- things were done because like these kings or these people were scared of God's wrath. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that was part of it for these pagan kings was oh, like, yeah. it's better for me to go out of my way to protect myself than to... I'm to sure that's part it. of it. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably like, they've heard rumors of the God of Israel and like what he's been able to do and all these different things. And so they're probably scared that they're not going to be on the good receiving end of things. <laughs> yeah. But, but even that still, like the people that they actually chose to trust is definitely like God coming through and, and having it be like exactly to his plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that we, that stuck out to me is Ezra's um, pedigree here. <laughs> US all the different, people who are his ancestors and all the way up to Aaron, the high priest. Um, so he has a pretty impressive, uh, family tree mm-hmm. and he is a very, um, like when it comes to being as priestly as you can get, he is there, uh, because of all of his fathers and ancestors. Um, which I think is just another way of God preside for preserving like the priestly line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, preserving people who honor him and are uh, in their job is to have other people honor him too. And Ezra is a very good priest. Um, and we'll see that in Nehemiah too, because Nehemiah is a contemporary of Ezra. So, well, and we should also, for history's sake, take notice that we looked up and the art of Xerxes. Um, oh, yeah. Was the son right. of Xerxes. So Xerxes and Esther is not art of Xerxes. <laughs> There's so many different <laughs> names. Um, art of Xerxes is probably Xerxes' son. So this is like, again, chronologically, this is like a few, like, well, probably many years later, yeah. um, where this king is now in charge. And again, God is still providing for these people, even in exile, um, which is very cool to keep seeing. Ezra 4, beginning in verse 7. Even later during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, the enemies of Judah, led by Bishlam, Mithradath, and Tabil, sent a letter to Artaxerxes in the Aramaic language, and it was translated for the king. Rehum, the governor, and Shimshai, the court secretary, wrote the letter, telling King Artaxerxes about the situation in Jerusalem. They greeted the king for all their colleagues, the judges and local leaders, the people of Tarpel, the Persians, the Babylonians, and the people of Erech and Susa, that is Elam. They also sent greetings from the rest of the people, whom the great noble Arshabanipal had deported and relocated in Samaria and throughout the neighboring lands of the province west of the Euphrates River. This is a copy of their letter. To King Artaxerxes, from your loyal subjects in the province west of the Euphrates River. The king should know that the Jews who came here to Jerusalem from Babylon are rebuilding this rebellious and evil city. They have already laid the foundation and will soon finish its walls. And the king should know that this, if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, it will be much to your disadvantage, for the Jews will then refuse to pay their tribute, customs, and tolls to you. Since we are your loyal subjects and do not want to see the king dishonored in this way, we have sent the king this information. We suggest that a search be made in your ancestors' records, where you will discover what a rebellious city this has been in the past. In fact, it was destroyed because of its long and troublesome history of revolt against the kings and countries who controlled it. We declared to the king that if the city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, the province west of the Euphrates River will be lost to you. King Artaxerxes sent this reply. To Rehum, the governor, and Shimshai, the court secretary, and their colleagues living in Samaria and throughout the rest, the province west of the Euphrates River. Greetings. 
The letter you sent has been translated and read to me. I ordered a search of the records and found that Jerusalem has indeed been a hotbed of insurrection against many kings. In fact, rebellion and revolt are normal there. Powerful kings have ruled over Jerusalem and the entire province west of the Euphrates River, receiving tribute, customs, and tolls. Therefore, issue orders to have these men stop their work. That city must not be rebuilt except at my express command. Be diligent and don't neglect this matter, for we must not permit the situation to harm the king's interests." When this letter from King Artaxerxes was read to Rehum, Shimshai, and their colleagues, they hurried to Jerusalem. Then with a show of strength, they forced the Jews to stop building. Ezra 7. Many years later, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, there was a man named Ezra. He was the son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of Hahitab, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Meroth, son of Zeruiah, son of Uzi, son of Buki, son of Abishua, son of Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the high priest. This Ezra was a scribe who was well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given to the people of Israel. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon, and the king gave him everything he asked for, because the gracious hand of the Lord was on him. Some of the people of Israel, as well as some of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple servants, traveled up to Jerusalem with him in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes' reign. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in August of that year. He arranged to leave Babylon on April 8th, the first day of the new year, and he arrived at Jerusalem on August 4th, for the gracious hand of his God was on him. This was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord, and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. King Artaxerxes had given a copy of the following letter to Ezra, the priest and scribe who studied and taught the commands and decrees of the Lord to Israel. From Artaxerxes, the king of kings, to Ezra the priest, the teacher of the law of the God of heaven. Greetings. I decree that any of the people of Israel in my kingdom, including the priests and Levites, may volunteer to return to Jerusalem with you. I and my council of seven hereby instruct you to conduct an inquiry into the situation in Judah and Jerusalem, based on your God's law, which is in your hand. We also commission you to take with you silver and gold, which we are freely presenting as an offering to the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. Furthermore, you are to take any silver and gold that you may obtain from the province of Babylon, as well as the voluntary offerings of the people and priests that are presented for the temple of their God in Jerusalem. These donations are to be used specifically for the purchase of bulls, rams, male lambs, and the appropriate grain offerings and liquid offerings, all of which will be offered on the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. Any silver and gold that is left over may be used in whatever way you and your colleagues feel is the will of your God. But as for the cups we are entrusting to you for the service of the temple of your God, deliver them all to the God of Jerusalem. If you need anything else for your God's temple or for any similar needs, you may take it from the royal treasury. I, Artaxerxes the king, hereby send this decree to all the treasurers in the province west of the Euphrates River. You are to give Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law of the God of heaven, whatever he requests of you. You are to give him up to 7,500 pounds of silver, 500 bushels of wheat, 550 gallons of wine, 550 gallons of olive oil, and an unlimited supply of salt. Be careful to provide whatever the God of heaven demands for his temple, for why should we risk bringing God's anger against the realm of the king and his sons? We also decree that no priest, Levite, singer, gatekeeper, temple servant, or other worker in this temple of God will be required to pay tribute, costumes, or tolls of any kind. And you, Ezra, are to use the wisdom your God has given you to appoint magistrates and judges who know your God's laws to govern all the people in the province west of the Euphrates River. 
Teach the law to anyone who does not know it. Anyone who refuses to obey the law of your God and the law of the king will be punished immediately, either by death, banishment, confiscation of goods, or imprisonment. Praise the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who made the king want to beautify the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, and praise him for demonstrating such unfailing love to me by honoring me before the king, his council, and all his mighty nobles. I felt encouraged because of the gracious hand of the Lord my God was on me, and I gathered some of the leaders of Israel to return with me to Jerusalem. Here is a list of the family leaders and the genealogies of those who came with me from Babylon during the reign of King Artaxerxes. From the family of Phineas, Gershom, from the family of Ithamar, Daniel, from the family of David, Hattush, a descendant of Shechaniah, from the family of Parish, Zechariah, and 150 other men were registered, from the family of Pahath Moab, Elehoni, son of Zariah, and 200 other men, from the family of Zatu, Shechaniah, son of Jahiziel, and 300 other men, from the family of Adin, Abed, son of Jonathan, and 50 other men, from the family of Elam, Jeshiah, son of Athaliah, and seventy other men. From the family of Shephtiah, Zebediah, son of Michael, and eighty other men. From the family of Joab, Obadiah, son of Jehiel, and two hundred and eighteen other men. From the family of Bani, Shelemith, son of Josephiah, and one hundred and sixty other men. From the family of Babai, Zechariah, son of Babai, and twenty-eight other men. From the family of Asgad, Jehonan, son of Hakatan, and one hundred and ten other men. From the ha- family of Adonakam, who came later, Eliphalet, Joel, Shemaiah, and sixty other men. From the family of Bigvi, Uthai, Zakur, and seventy other men. I assembled the exiles at the Hahava Canal, and we camped there for three days while I went over the lists of the people and the priests who had arrived. I found that not one Levite had volunteered to come along. So I sent for Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, Elnathan, Jerob, Elnathan, Nathan, Zechariah, Meshulam, who were the leaders of the people. I also sent for Joyreb, Elnathan, who are men of discernment. I sent them to Edo, the leader of the Levites at Kasaphia, to ask him and his relatives and the temple servants to send us ministers for the temple of God at Jerusalem. Since the gracious hand of our God was on us, they sent us a man named Sherebiah, along with 18 of his sons and brothers. He was a very astute man and a descendant of Mali, who was a descendant of Levi, son of Israel. They also sent Hashabiah, together with Jeshiah, from the descendants of Merai, and twenty of his sons and brothers, and two hundred and twenty temple servants. The temple servants were assistants to the Levites, a group of temple workers first instituted by King David and his officials. They were all listed by name. And there, by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from the enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. I appointed 12 leaders of the priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and 10 other priests to be in charge of transporting the silver, the gold, the gold bowls, and the other items that the king, his council, his officials, and all the people of Israel had presented for the temple of God. I weighed the treasure as I gave it to them and found the totals to be as follows. 24 tons of silver, 7,500 pounds of silver articles, 7,500 pounds of gold, 20 gold bowls equal in value to 1,000 gold coins, two fine articles of polished bronze as precious as gold. 
And I said to these priests, you and these treasures have been set apart as holy to the God, to the Lord. This silver and gold is a voluntary offering to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. Guard these treasures well until you present them to the leading priests, the Levites and the leaders of Israel, who will weigh them at the storerooms of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. So the priests and the Levites accepted the task of transporting these treasures of silver and gold to the temple of our God in Jerusalem. We broke camp at the Ahava Canal on April 19th and started off to Jerusalem, and the gracious hand of our God protected us and saved us from enemies and bandits along the way. So we arrived safely in Jerusalem where we rested for three days. On the fourth day after our arrival, the silver, gold, and other valuables were weighed at the temple of our God and entrusted to Merimoth, son of Uriah, the priest, and to Eleazar, son of Phinehas, along with Josabad, son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, son of Binui, both of whom were Levites. Everything was accounted for by number and weight, and the total weight was officially recorded. Then the exiles who had come out of captivity sacrificed burnt offerings to the God of Israel. They presented 12 bulls for all the people of Israel, as well as 96 rams and 77 male lambs. They also offered 12 male goats as a sin offering. All this was given as a burnt offering to the Lord. The king's decrees were delivered to his highest officers and the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, who then cooperated by supporting the people in the temple of God. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.